Hello and welcome to Level Up and Friends, the internet podcast where those of us from the comic book and video game store Level Up Entertainment get together some friends and talk about a different topic every week. Uh, this week we're talking about tabletop role playing again, uh, role playing again, specifically uh, how to make how we make characters and sh- uh, share some of our favorite character stories. Um, I'm your host Scott, and with me this week I've got Tim. Hello. Got Kendall. Hi there. And our new friend B. Hello. So guys, uh, how long have y'all been playing D&D now? I know I had you on the last episode. Uh, we talked about this, Tim, but give people a refresher, even though they should go back and rewatch that now and right now. They should, because uh, I love a, talking about D&D. It was a good one. It. Yeah. yeah, I did it for a long time. Um, <laughs> that was our first two-hour one, I think. Yeah. Um, I have been playing for roughly somewhere in the span of a decade. Um, I started in 4E uh, and kept going for some reason. Uh, and I primarily play 5E, but we have played um, we have played Savage Worlds. We have played a few of the different Star Wars versions of tabletop. And that's pretty much it. It's been primarily D&D. Yeah. So, uh, what about you, Kendall? Um, so I started with Pathfinder, maybe about, maybe about six or seven years ago. Um, it was like when you moved to Philly though, right? It was, it was, I, I've been in Philly almost 10 years, sir. Time goes by so fast, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. 10 years in May. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in Philly, I started with some uh, some folks I met out here, um, and then yeah, played played in a played a campaign for a while, and the the DM was over it pretty much, and killed us, killed almost everybody off. Um, and then yeah, didn't play for a while, and then started up a couple years ago. Yeah. playing pretty heavily so yeah you're dming now for the first time right yeah it's a lot of fun yeah and and uh b how about you i have been playing uh D and tabletop role-playing games for about three years but i have known about D for since i was very very young like five mm-hmm so what made you finally take the plunge and uh, give it a shot yourself? I will be that person. It was the Adventure Zone balance. Uh, yeah. I got really into it and I listened almost. I I started when they were on, started like three years ago, and I started listening and I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And I went to my dad, who has been very vocal about how much he likes D&D. Like we have the animated series on CD not CD, DVD. That's the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were both devastated to realize that like literally a year before he had gotten rid of all of his D&D handbooks. Oh, no. Yeah. We'll, so. say, well, it's funny because uh, so I used to play. I learned middle school. I learned on second edition. Um, so I remember Thacko and all that nonsense. Um but I used to play real heavily in high school. Um, I mostly played with my Boy Scout troop because we were all hanging out all the time anyway. Um, and then 
I played a bunch in college and then uh, you become an adult and you just don't have time. And then this year, because of the pandemic, uh, a bunch of friends started playing. Actually, we started playing in person, but then, you know, we kind of moved to doing it online. And then uh, another one of our regulars was like, hey, I'm starting a game online. You know, we're going to do it over on Fantasy Grounds on the computer. And we're like, would you like to play? I was like, yeah, I would. So and then I saw on Reddit, I think it was like looking for group that you posted. Hey, I'm looking for people for this game. And I was like, yeah, why not? So I'm playing in three games this year. Um, so I have a bunch of characters I'm playing right now and we'll get into them, uh, in a bit, but I got inspired to get back into it again because of the adventure zone. I just really enjoyed listening to them play. And I was like, man, I miss doing this stuff and, uh, and getting involved. And I know so many people that play it and it's just like, I should make more of an effort to have us play. And I know we've tried a couple of us have tried over the years to play different games. We've, I've got this Ghostbusters one. We we played Game Zero where we made characters and then we just never played it because because yep, it's we, so, so difficult to schedule stats. time. Yeah, yeah, it's just so difficult <laughs> to schedule time. But uh, now that we do things over Zoom and whatnot, it's really easy because uh, you don't have to travel anywhere. You can kind of just get together for like an hour or two, and it's it's not that hard. Um, it's a little bit easier to to carve out a piece of a piece of your week for it. But let's get into, uh, uh, you know, for the, the topic of the episode, we're talking about characters. Like, what's your guys' character creation process? Uh, like, what do you think of first? What do you like to do first? And, like, how do you try to go about doing it? I'll start with you, Kendall. Starting with me? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, in... in I, I feel like no matter what happens, really, like, whenever someone's like, ah, oh, starting start a campaign you interested everyone's always like oh well like what are you thinking of playing what are you thinking of playing mm-hmm. um so yeah i i kind of just like you know depending on who who has like a solid idea first you kind of don't want to repeat anything and also like fill out the role but yeah I, I try to think of my actual character yeah above so you think, that so you think of character before you think like what they do yeah yeah and how about you tim you do the same thing uh i am way less polite yeah. i uh when we sit down to make a character i pick like i generally focus on one thing like one aspect of the character i don't care who is doing what else uh, I don't aim to fill roles or anything like that. I'm just like, what is the one thing I want to make this character around? Mm-hmm. And then I flesh out the rest from there. So like, if I want someone who has like a broken past for some reason, or I want someone who fights a specific kind of monster or hunts something, you know, has some sort of background, I tend to focus on that and build the person around that aspect like why would they do that how do they do that and then try and fit a class in after the fact all right and how about you b i am very focused on aesthetics always and forever um Mm -hmm. so if i'm being honest it's very shallow i will think about what race i want to play first and then i will i especially when it comes to elves i will think how can i twist this Mm -hmm. and I normally play, um, my favorite thing to do is to take an elf or like 
a dwarf or something and be like, hmm, I'm going to make a character that nobody would suspect. Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, God. It's fine. <laughs> um, that, like, nobody would... I play very pretty girls normally, so I, I just make a really pretty girl, and then I pick a class, and then I come up with some sort of either very interesting or very tragic backstory. Usually very complicated with lots of long names. Yeah, I've noticed that. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a theme. Uh, Say, so what I used to do back in the day is like, I think of the character more as their stats first and just like, what kind of spells do I want to do? Like, how much of a badass do I want to be? And then like not play them at all, like as, as a character. Um, but now I've discovered uh, as, a, you know, a, a, an adult, more matured uh, role player, I really like the character more. Um, so what I've been trying to do is uh, come up with like interesting twists on stuff and then come up with stuff in the background. But one trick I like to use is I like to keep big parts of my uh, background kind of vague. I use that as a tool for the to give to the DM um, so that way they can kind of fill in things like for example in the game I'm playing with B uh, my character all of a sudden started doing as was a sorceress but like all of a sudden started doing wild surges and I don't know why I'm letting them figure out why um, for <laughs> me so that way I'm, I'm surprised with the character as well um, but like that so that my character's impetus for going out on, on, in the world and adventures is to to cure that I basically kind of made myself be exiled from the world. And then I really find the character's details in, in the play, which the we'll get into the character specifically, but that character that character really came to life as I played him. Uh, another character I'm playing right now is a gnome barbarian, just because I thought it would be really funny to have a really smashy character be like, a, a, I, I designed him as a tiny Jason Statham. Um, oh. My DM was very cool about letting me have fist weapons and not giving me AC, so it doesn't count against me not wearing armor. Just I just want to have bunches of punches. Um, but the way I set up that character is I kind of have to shift his personality right now because I made him true neutral, where he just does not care about anything. And like his contract with my party has been fulfilled, and I'm like he would just leave and not ever talk to you guys ever again. So I'm kind of transitioning to be more of like a Ron Swanson-y type than just that, like that kind of neutral where he still kind of cares about the people he's with. Um, but, as long as you feel like the character would go that way, that's fine. Yeah. I, but I, yeah. if you don't, it is, I know it's it's a faux pas to say, but it is okay for you to be like, he wanders off into the sunset. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of like, my character really wouldn't do this, but I was like, but it's also the part of the, the thing is, like, I want to make sure everyone's having fun, too. Like, I don't want to just be like, well, I'm done. Um, I was actually talking about, I like playing my character, Chris, that, that my my Surge character so much. That I talked about my DM. I was like, hey, if Pip, my gnome leaves. It's like, I might kind of, because I already have that character sheet. I might just slide him over here. Uh, I would change certain things about their uh, backstory just because I'm playing in that campaign with an eight-year-old as one of our players. And they have a very, very tragic past, and I kind of don't want to get into that. They're also um, discovering their sexuality, and it's like, I should probably not do that in front of an eight-year-old. Um, but I, I made a very conscious decision with her, because uh, like half of our group in that is Ace. Um, and the other guy's playing, you know, playing their character asexual, which is fine. But I was like, you know, I kind of always do that. Let me go the other route, and I, I made them pan. So uh, I, it's been kind of fun exploring that realm uh, where they're kind of learning that about themselves. 
So because of that, I made them from a very like cloistered background where they didn't really get a chance to explore that kind of stuff. So, so that's been, uh, you know, you know, that's a big tangent I went on there, but that's sort of like, I like to, again, I like to come up with like a twist on a character. Um, the other one I've played this year is a, a bard, but really I'm playing a rogue. They just present as a bard as a cover for being a thief. Um, so that one was a lot of fun to play. Um, <clears throat> I eventually I was trying to keep that secret from the table, um, but then when we switched to to Zoom because of the the pandemic, it was just it was taking too long to do like my secret sneak attacks and things. Um, so it's just like it's just going to be easier if I just kind of like let the cat out of the bag and say it because I I would text our DM back and forth uh, about like the secret thief things I was doing, which Tim was playing in that game. So Tim, I stole a whole bunch of stuff before uh, the party got to it. So. Bro, I'm playing a turtle yeah. who yeah. is very low intelligence. I I trade in rocks, so yeah. so, so you, oh, beautiful. So you take are, whatever you want. I don't so, those are the char- <laughs> so, so those characters were playing together uh, in that one, which we haven't because of school and stuff coming back on. We we kind of have we kind of fallen off our weekly sessions on that, which is fine. Uh, we'll get back to it. I do want to get back to him at some time. I really like that character. Even though, like, the first time I got hit, I got uh, completely annihilated by a dragon's breath weapon. And my character, by all, by, if we're playing the game completely by the rules, should be irredeemably dead. Yes. But uh, your wife was generous enough uh, as our DM to let me bring him back to life. <laughs> um, uh, but that, that, all right. So with that, uh, let's get into some, some character stories that we've, we've had. Uh, so Tim, you can tell us a little bit about your turtle character if you'd like, since we kind of broached him a little bit. Um, he is—he's <laughs> about twenty-five. Uh, he just became virile, so he is uh, in search of a mate to procreate uh, to procreate a species. Uh, he does not understand what that means fully. Uh, he also doesn't really understand other races' gender. Yeah, um, been hitting on everything. Yes, very slowly. Uh, yeah, um, he tends to talk very slowly and elaborate, and, and luckily the table finds it enjoyable and not annoying. I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite characters I played with. Yes, <laughs> um, but I give away gold. I do not take any from when we find anything like that. Um, I tend yep. to just Are- pick up rocks and use them. Another player has kind of adopted you, uh, adopted your character to make sure you have like food and stuff. Yes. Yeah. If it was Otherwise, a- I just eat grass and vegetables and just wander off. I sleep outside. Yeah. Yeah. You just walked away one time when we were doing watch. Yep. Um, yeah. to, and since we mentioned the Adventure Zone, that campaign we're playing is Fandelver, which is what the original like story arc is based on. So it's funny that uh, playing that, I'm like, oh, I kind of know all the things that we need to do um because i just listened to it um but it's been fun like replaying the because you know your character brings a different uh flavor to it you know it's very different and we're playing a little bit more seriously than they do like there's no character named barry blue jeans um in in that we actually actually went with his real name uh yemic or whatever um sildar or sildar yeah Yeah, whatever something sildar something 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 all right, well, yeah, because I think they were like, oh, good, a goofy fantasy. He was like, well, we'd be happier if I named him Barry Blue Jeans. You know, that name <laughs> stuck, and he became one of the most important characters in the entire campaign. I remember Spoiler. exactly Spoiler. where I was <laughs> yeah. when that happened. Yeah, oh yeah. 
Uh, I love the Adventure Zone. If you guys haven't had a chance to listen to it, you should definitely listen to the Balance Arc. I I have not. Yeah, I, I know, but you listen to Critical Role, right? I'm still. Yeah. After three years trying to catch up on Critical Role, yeah. oh, the only reason I haven't Bless started it is just too much. It's like One Piece. I just I just can't. There's too much of it. I get really into Critical Role, and then yeah. they have combat for an hour and a half, and then I say, "Oh yeah, that's right. That's why I. Oh okay, I'm just gonna put you down." <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I enjoy both. I definitely enjoy their role play more, um, but I I like watching them fight because I like watching half of the people there not fully understand what to do yeah so, so Talison jaffe is cool yes yeah yeah so kendall how about you you got it got any cool characters you'd like to to bring to the table here oh dang it's hard to pick one well like uh so so you're dming right now do we you got time you, i know you've got some cool characters that uh, that are playing in your game right now like uh i know your warlock character you had to do some special stuff with right your warlock player oh yeah well yeah the the warlock player he started as a bard um mm-hmm. and then just the uh the player was feeling a little uh inadequate in battle so and he had told me like you know right is like a little bit before we were beginning to to play for the night so i just had to like wing a whole like demon pact or patron pact whatever like into the session Mm -hmm. uh that was a lot of fun um as far as my character i guess the character i have the most fun role playing is uh a wit my wizard named silverbeard Mm -hmm. he's just uh He's just like a an old man, uh, hermit background. Uh, he's real dirty, mm-hmm. and uh, he's searching for his daughter Sylvia. Sylvia Silverbeard. Sylvia Silverbeard. <laughs> and uh, his only clue, and the because I was just kind of like winging it a lot with him, uh, I just told. The party, my daughter was abducted by Cthulhu's and just like left it at that. And they're like, what's, what are Cthulhu's? Yeah. They're Cthulhu's. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's fun. The DM like drops some hints as to like what's going on with her. Mm-hmm. Since he's an old man, I, I play him as a bit uh, prejudiced. Like he thinks, uh, thinks elves are like tricky and you know he doesn't really he doesn't trust much but as as other characters from other races like do him a solid he's slowly coming around okay uh one of one of the people in our main campaign is a hobgoblin and they are generally typically notorious for hating elves uh so he embraces that to a T nice. uh, and it's pretty incredible um, and actually to see him actually try and evolve it as like we've interacted with elves and had them help us and seem one stronger than him and he's like I don't even understand that <laughs> uh, so I think that's a nice touch of like showing how a character can evolve and... yeah I, I like to think a broad stroke character arc 
Um, so my thing with Chris Steele, the, the character I'm playing in Beast Campaign, is they started off extremely unsure of themselves, um, really timid, and they're becoming much more confident as we go. And then I discovered all these other things I want them to kind of go through and do. Um, as I decided at the very last minute they were transgender and that I discovered through gameplay that they were going to be pansexual and kind of like awaken all these different aspects of themselves. Um, and basically like, because they got exiled, like they're kind of, I would say the theme of our campaign is love. Like I kind of have this found family. Now they're in a relationship with one of the other players. They kind of adopted this character, this one NPC as like a new little sister. Surprise um, adoption. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I did steal her from her wedding and then I wrote their parents are like, we're not giving her back until we cure her like canthropy. It um, was a, it was a consensual kidnapping. Yeah. She wanted us to. <laughs> We hatched a whole okay. scheme. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> child wanted to come with them. Pinky oh, she's a child. This. She's over a hundred. It's fine. Because he's one hundred and twenty. Yeah. yeah, but it's no longer a kidnapping. Fresh, it's just yeah. it's, it's helping them on a trip. Yeah. So it turns out she's a she's was cursed by her stepfather's like jilted ex lover to become like some sort of like lycanthropes. We don't know if she's going to turn into like a werewolf or something. But like, what was it? They were trying to break some curse. They thought they had to marry her off. Okay. Right? Okay. So yeah. the curse, what happened is Vince, uh, it's the Levain family. Vincent Levain is a big jerk. He left Sonia for his current wife, Luna, whom he married for money. Uh, <laughs> there was a big party. Sonia came over and was like, hey, you're a jerk and tried to curse him to bring like unending shame to the family. Sonia's a really bad mage um, and 100% misses and curses their child and um, ran away for 20 years and they locked up their kid for 20 years uh, and they figured that the way to break the curse was to get her, it was put, it's really hard to explain. Yeah. In my head. I'm so glad you hear this. Basically, they tried to marry her off before the end of the year. Yeah. They were trying to marry her off before the end of the year. To a very nice tiefling boy named Yareth, whom got jilted. Um, so part of the scheme is because we're both elves. Is I we basically did a switcheroo in the middle of it. So I was actually at the altar, and uh, we didn't know if I was going to say I do or don't. And I didn't know he was until, rich. Yeah, and I didn't know until the because my character one of my part of my backstory is I was very poor, and um, and he was rich and apparently like you know kind of nice looking. So I was like, eh. um. But I also, it turns out at the moment, I was like, well, as a player, I don't want to have a husband I didn't want to drag around. Because I left it as I do, and then ellipses, and then I let it sit for a minute. Because we because we play in Discord, so it's all text. Um, so I was kind of hoping that the it would have been like really, like, oh my god, what are they going to do? Um, but and then I said not, and then I cast a spell and like flew away. Um <laughs> But we got we got, that was we got her out of there. One of our other party members was like got on as a job as one of the guards and they kind of helped me escape. Um, but it was a lot of fun. So then we had to travel from Neverwinter to Waterdeep to find Sonia. That's what we're doing right now. Because we discovered like the only way to really break the curse is have her do it. Because uh, none of us are equipped for that at all. Yeah, not, not really. Yeah. So no. that's what we're in the middle of doing right now. They just gave us a big list of... Uh, things we need to go get and we need to go get them. But I feel really guilty because my character, before we left, uh, they use a crossbow instead of magic 
because they're afraid of their surges because uh, unpredictable things happened. And uh, one of if I roll a 100, it's the DM's discretion of what who this happens to. But essentially, a character explodes. So I had what made them like have to be exiled from town is they blew up a kid. So they definitely don't want to use their magic. Um, but I got a couple of silver bolts made just in case we can't cure her and she turns into a monster like in a taxis. Unfortunately, on the road, like I, my character really came to love this character and like I said, basically adopt her. And now I'm feeling really guilty that those are there and I'm really afraid they're going to find them in my bag. They, they have had a few... Her name is Talia. Talia has had a few opportunities to find this. And every time I roll, I forget that she is just a, no brain cells. Yeah. Really, really dumb. I love her, but also. Yeah. She's a great character. And like, we kind of basically made her, like, you didn't expect us to have to like, make her be part of the party, right? No, I expected this little edgy, angsty teenager, like, like to just sit there and be like angsty and edgy and then you guys like made it a family and i was like oh no this yeah, is we, adorable yeah we kind of willed her into existence like so you had to <laughs> now actually i have to reward role play yeah <laughs> I, oh my god and speaking of rewarding role play we just met the sonya character um i tried to convince them i was very blunt because they seemed like someone who doesn't care about small tark i rolled a persuasion i think i got like a 10 one of our other characters you got was like, 11 one of, yeah, yeah i got 11 one of our other players was like horrified that I was so blunt. They're like trying to be really smooth about it. And they rolled a 10. And then our last one um, did a really good in character thing. And you did not make them roll. And I was so mad. It was a whole paragraph. My yeah, dude, well, like, it was they a appealed whole paragraph. To, like, them and as people a, were crying. Yeah. They appealed to them as a mother. And I was like, man, I out of character. And I out of character speak like part. I was like, I think I'm going to cry in real life. Um, yeah, I have, I realized Scott brought this up. I yeah. have a tendency to make characters with huge families. Yeah. And I was like, why did I do this to myself? They canonically have seven kids. I have to play all of these children. This is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have like, to remember all their mother, names. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. I didn't give the last one a really short name because I gave the other one a really long name. What are you talking about? Yeah. What's that? What's the little drow's name? Yekaterina. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna. I, I saw that. I was like, I'm not gonna remember that. But now they have <laughs> Russian. <laughs> yeah, but uh, what's the? And there's a Fearbolg in the family too, right? And their name's Faye. The Fearbolg is Faye. Yeah, the I can remember that. Cinderin. Yeah. There's another Drow whose name you did not get, despite intimidating her into an almost panic attack. Why well, do you um, intimidate her? To be fair, I did. I. Didn't. He was. Yeah, she was like that before you met her. <laughs> yeah. And the little one is Yekaterina. I mean, we should be. We should be honest uh my other the other two players are like dragonborn and like they're big and scary even though jasira is like a marshmallow um jasira is a pink marshmallow and zarina is a uh, just armor spiky yeah i like the idea of playing against that though like i i played a dragonborn who was an assassin well that was in 484 when that existed um but he was yeah he was lawful good and he was super chill and was very nice to everybody and tried to be polite to everyone. The one, the one time I tried played tried playing Dragonborn was in third edition in high school. And I was like, wow, I can be a Dragonborn. And I was like, I'm also going to be an assassin. And he's going to use a chain whip with a hook at the end and just be this really badass character. And like, I don't even remember what his name was. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I was like, I want a giant nice guy. Yeah. Instead of like the the, t- the stoic silent type. 
But uh, while we're speaking of Jessira, that's the character my character is like dating now. Um, the, and the re- part of the reason I decided to, to be Pan is my character in the beginning is very reserved and shy and she's very confident and sexy and like full of herself. I was like, oh, maybe funny if I'm like, I'm kind of like eyeing her up a little bit. But then she dumped on the road. We were kind of dumping our characters backstories on each other. And I didn't know what hers was like legitimately where like her because uh, she's also a warlock, but like her dark patron thing. It's like he murdered her brother, right? Oh, and it's like, fascinating. It yeah, is, you, why don't you tell it? You know it better than me. It is. He sent me this whole paragraph. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Here's your backstory. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, so essentially, uh, she was raised in a noble family and was sort of spoiled and like, you know, very, very ignorant of the world around her. And then like on her 18th birthday, you know, when they came of age, um, they... She also had a brother who they were training to be very worldly and like be a great warrior. And on her 18th birthday, they go downstairs in the basement. And it turns out that the family made a pact with uh, a demon, you know, in exchange for their firstborn, that the family could be very rich and wealthy and have high standing. But they had twins. So they were raising her brother to be the demon's, you know, like chosen warrior. And the demon was like, oh, oh, you want, you want me to pick him? Oh, it would be such a shame if I just murdered him, you know? And this one's my favorite now. And she kind of really hates her patron, but he's magic. So he's yeah. magic and he accepts food as an offering. So, yeah. So, um, because well, once I heard that story, I was like, oh man, cause I'd kind of told my story before then. Cause like my characters, my character, my character's really down in the dumps. Uh, she's she was orig- originally very depressing, which is fine because I wanted to move to a position where she wasn't, and I've kind of gotten there. But after you know, I felt like that character barred their soul. I kind of pulled them aside the next day in game, and I was just like, hey, since we're being honest with each other, I, I this is where I've been feeling. I don't know what I'm doing with these feelings. I've never felt like this before with another uh, another female. And then she kisses her and comes back. And then like, I've been feeling the same way about you. So I was like, oh, I was just wanted to come out. I didn't want to start a whole thing. So uh, we ended up having unprotected relationship. And then you roll, started rolling some dice. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's always great when the DM rolls some dice. Congratulations, you have the clap. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, so she, they just started exhibiting morning sickness. Uh, we, our characters don't know yet, but- They don't morning sickness yeah they don't yes. know it's morning sickness it only happened once so far they rolled a one to see how sick they got so they were like very sick um poor poor thing but uh i happen to know because once i started realizing what your die rolls were i know it's going to be a clutch of three so <laughs> i think i think the jokes i'm going to name them huey dewey and louie um or jet something and turbo oh it's a uh, jet rebel and turbo jet rebel and turbo yeah uh it's a new ducktales reference um <laughs> but so i originally i was gonna be very i'm very i was very like oh god i don't want to have kids and like all this stuff i was like it's gonna weigh down but in in talking to you and stuff i'm like i'm actually really excited i kind of have this whole home life thing planned out um because since again we mostly do role playing and not so much uh combat and stuff uh, i think it's going to be a lot of fun yeah but how are you going to have a whole home life thing when you're out doing adventures I don't know. We'll see. Um, it is. It is. I will it is the say bane of a never character. winter is has more than enough adventures within the city. Oh yeah, like <laughs> we, we like I because I I 
been talking with B and like I get really ahead of myself because yeah. also we talked about um, occasionally like maybe one of us will do like a guest DM situation so that way they can play. Um, and I came up with a couple of scenarios where like my character can sort of be sidelined. Um, so we might do them once we finish up this current storyline. Um, I really want it. We, I have a couple of us have like ideas for like Halloween, like non-canon adventures. Um, and I really want to do one, uh, probably this, uh, this, this recording, it's just about to be Halloween. So we might do a little bit, uh, on Halloween, see what everyone else's schedules like, but, um, I'm really looking forward to doing that one, especially since we know a candy maker in Neverwinter. So I'm like, oh, it works perfectly into like a trick-or-treating kind of thing. But um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Again, because it's mostly role-playing, like I don't mind not doing the combat and adventures. But Which is it, good, because I, oh boy, am I, I'm great at those combat, yeah, you, that thing that you do. Yeah. But B, what's some of the numbers? Yeah, what are some of the characters you've played over the years? Uh, I have played uh, for Sierra Honeypot, for Sierra. Don't call me Honey Honeypot, and Valentina Lavinia Augustcomb, which are my two most recent characters and my two favorite characters. Mm -hmm. um, Valentina is a rogue who comes from a very large, uh, like. Like her father is a baron and they're trying to get higher up in society. Her family is entirely like, you know, obsessed with appearance and decorum and being proper. And she does not care about that at all. She wants to have like a far, she wants to like escape and run away and live in a cottage and get married, which is essentially what happens. Um, she is an elf. Everybody in her family is an elf. But uh, she's very short and she has very curly hair and she's very round and everybody keeps assuming that she's a halfling and it's very fun. And she wears bright pink. She's a rogue that wears bright pink. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she at one point had plus eight deception. So pretty good at lying there. Really good at lying. And I, I know I know where Frasira's story uh, winds up because it turns out in our game you made them settle down and now they own a bakery. They stopped adventuring. They own a bakery. It's the pint of love. It's Frasira, their four children, and her wife Amara, who mm. is a half orc, and they're beautiful. Yeah, I would say their their one uh, kid is gender neutral, and because my character was having issues with gender, like they don't identify with the gender that they are, it was kind of my way to explore it, and then. It, I inadvertently asked them on a date and I kind of had to break their heart a little bit. Just a little, just a little bit. Yeah, I felt really hearts. bad about doing that, but I was also like, I was not, the character was not in a position to do that stuff. I'll never forget, man. Yeah. They'll um, be there forever now. But I'm glad we became friends with them because they were also our way into the wedding that we had to crash uh, because they made the cake. Which I forget I'm how saying, we wound up with them, but. Big yeah. bad guy. Surprise yeah. at the end. Maybe, maybe uh curted love. No, I think I set it up that my character's like arch nemesis is going to be their ex fiance, who after they trans they transitioned like dumped them like really hard, because that was uh, yeah, my character hates my character hates their body because of him, uh, but the character the character we're dating now has kind of uh, gotten all over that. And my character's a lot more happy and confident, um, and that's reflecting on the fact that I feel like I take up the lion's share of the play, and I feel really guilty about that as a player. <clears throat> um, 
but yeah, so you know, those are some of the characters we've liked to play. Does anyone else have any ones they want to discuss? Um, I guess I have another one. I've mentioned my uh, gnome barbarian. Um, he's kind of fun. He's kind of hard to play because he's so true. He's true neutral. His thing is just like I kind of found his character a little bit as we played, um, where he hates like society. He chooses to live apart from that. Um, he thinks it's phony and like he just doesn't he just doesn't buy it um but occasionally he has to go in town and deal with people and get supplies and things so he mostly lives off the land as a trapper and then got kind of conscripted by uh our our cleric uh to go on this the ghosts of salt marsh adventure because it starts you know it's a prepackaged campaign um so now that that's kind of over i kind of needed a reason i was like well he's done so he's just gonna leave excuse me one sec dogs um so i need to kind of because like i said earlier like he would just leave and that would be the end of it but i kind of want to stick with him and change him a little bit maybe the the party members are starting to grow on him uh our cleric has taken to like mother henning him much to his annoyment or annoyance but you know the way we've been playing that like almost every single encounter someone has died so we kind of keep saving each other's asses. So we kind of, I don't know, but like, so, so where we are, the salt marsh is like kind of like the last frontier, but like the kingdom's kind of moving in and like gentrifying it. So I'm kind of playing, I was like, Hey, my character doesn't like that. Like, cause there's like a political thing in town. Like some people are fighting against that and some people aren't. And we're getting kind of, we're kind of getting stuck in the middle. And like my character hates like a lot of this council and like, so I'm kind of getting into that. Like I said, I'm making him a little bit more Ron Swanson-esque. Um, so that kind of will help keep him interesting in a way. Um, so, so like I said, sometimes the character is different versus, you know, how you envision them and how you wind up playing them. Yeah, character should evolve. Look, the assassin yeah. I had talked about ended up when we switched, because this is the six-year campaign that Jim ran. God, yeah, you guys ran that oh. for so long. Yeah, may it rest wow. in peace. Yeah. Um, it started in four when we moved over assassin didn't exist in five so I had to change him to a paladin um, he found uh, Ion actually and uh, you kind of have to evolve them into something a little bit more so he became doing good for the sake of helping the world instead of just helping the person in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 neat when you get those opportunities, even if they're forced on you, like the switch from four to five, like that kind of forced my character to change in that transition. But it ended up for the better because it actually like, I don't know, helped the char- character to grow. And Yeah, that's cool. It's cool when you can get a narrative justification for it. Yeah. Um, I think I think it makes it it makes the whole experience for everyone a lot richer. I really enjoy that. Um, see, Kendall, do you have any other characters? Um, right now, I'm playing a uh, Tabaxi monk. Her name's Hummingbird. Um, I don't. So I'm playing her in Curse of Strahd, which I don't know if anyone's played that. Uh, the closest thing. Gonna... I, yeah, the closest right. thing. Wait. <laughs> You're playing a tabaxi monk, so you run 200 feet and around. 
Bless. Oh, Lord. It's like 45, 55. At the, I don't know how. Yeah, but then She's you get the backseat double and like you can yeah. step in. Yeah. So you're playing Chitara. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's real cool. I, I love her. Um, yeah. Her like backstory is like because uh, I think for a background, yeah, that background's a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is. I'm an IDM. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> what is a character? Who, who yeah. What's um, a dice? Yeah. So yeah, her background, I chose uh, archaeologist. Mm-hmm. And I had like her backstories that she kind of trained in a monastery, but was like a little too curious about the, the outside world. Um, but because we're in the hellscape that Strahd takes place very depressing campaign setting it's um, a it's a good time of year for it yeah jeez <laughs> yeah, uh, in in the the one uh be i guess this will be a spoiler if we ever do this one ca- uh the halloween campaign i want to do it's going to take place in crave and a uh, craving loft instead of raven loft uh, <laughs> they're gonna kidnap the candy maker that's what we're going there to do the same very on the nose. yeah <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> anyway, Kendall, continue with your tobacco oh, monk. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, her backstory doesn't really play into anything that's like going on, but you know, it's it's fun to play like somebody who's like as interested in the world, especially as a player who like I don't know what the hell's going on. So it's a, a fun way to roll that into the character. And she just like it's hard and it's yeah. fast. She's cool. <laughs> She's almost literally a beast. Almost. I like that you took the, the specific background, but kind of catered it to that character too. That's, I feel like a lot of people lose that in creating a character. They try and stick to like, they're out digging their whole lives and being an archeologist and not like they're just out exploring and being curious about what's going on. Yeah, I mean, she has to be adventuring for some reason, you know. Yeah, it's like this. Uh, this character I want to make. It's it was inspired by Blathers because uh, when I was playing D anD D really heavy earlier in the years when Animal Crossing came out, and we got locked down, so I had nothing else to do but think about D anD D characters. Um, where I want to make an Al Aracrocra who's like a gentleman, like explorer. I kind of mixed a bunch of Theodore Roosevelt into him, but there's like no existing class that like I think fits like the closest is ranger but like he's you know he's he's kind of like an indiana jones-esque archaeologist but like he more is like looking for like lost civilizations and like rare animals and like ha- brings them back to like a like a menagerie or a natural history musician i could do that um i don't know but like uh fortunately b lets me uh get away with a lot of stuff in in their game I let a lot of people get away with yeah, a lot of stuff. She basically <laughs> let me make this character exist as an NPC that my character idolizes because my character wanted to grow up and be an adventurer. And that's what they were going to do until their uh, wild surges started happening. And like, now they can't control their magic. And like, they kind of like lost all of like their, their sense of identity and their home world and stuff. So they kind of were forced to be out on their own and make their own way. But uh, so I make it so they make like a lot of pulp, like dime store novels and stuff like oh i'm really into these like i'm trying to get one of my or one really serious paladin like it's like so serious and, like doesn't believe in like why do you read books that aren't like historical uh, events and things i'm like oh, i'll read all these things it's fun 
like I made a fake Harry Potter book. That I'm like, I was reading and like, I'm like, you should read this. It tells, it's like about how being a hero and overcoming things. I, um, I like yeah. had a physical reaction when <laughs> like Christiel was like, oh, wow, you should read these novels. I think you might really like them. And, yeah. and Zarina was like, those are very childish. We are adults. And I was like, Oh, she's like, well, not only were you adults, you were like 130 years old. Like, yeah, yeah. Zarina is arguably the oldest person in the campaign, despite being like 30 and everybody else being like 35 to 100. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but she, you let me, like, he literally wrote the book on monsters. So I have a monster manual that he wrote in the game. So, like, one of the things we need to do is like, um, like when we were researching like lycanthropy, when that's when we found out what the curse was, is like, hey, here's the entry on werewolves. And I kind of pointed out to the other group was like how you beat him is like silver and stuff. Like, listen, we might have to prepare for the worst here. Um, but like now we have to like our we need um for the cure, part of it is we need feathers of an owlbear. So we're going to the library to like find all of these different things. I was like, hey, can I just look in this book that I have uh and find out about owlbear everything I need for owlbears? I'm like, yeah, we have that, just roll, you know to see if, if it has the relevant information and lo and behold it did so I don't it was know. basically uh basically yeah you have this entry on owl bears in your monster manual already uh, yeah. i'm not going to pick and choose things i'm just gonna send you the link to the page in the book yeah you play so. a benevolent god i don't believe I, that. I have a benevolent god <laughs> it is it is quite the juxtaposition to my boyfriend who is also a dm who can't oh he wanted to do the one where there's like a oh he plays a lot of the really intense prepackaged ones we almost die a lot yeah that's, that's he shows me no there. mercy despite being his girlfriend yeah <laughs> i uh i i'm a big fa- i'm a big fan of the yes end and the no but because it plays into building a story um but i like to create that a little bit of not fear but like that anxiety of like this is going to be a hard fight this is going to not be an easy skill challenge like i don't know yeah i'm i'm very torn in that like i want people to have a good time but also i want you to be a little scared at the back end oh yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're still level 3 we're essentially sort of still on an extended first adventure in that game so i don't think we've really encountered uh any danger unless that Sonya character was going to murder us, which our one, our one character, our one player was really afraid it was going to happen. Um, but I told B privately, like, listen, if this doesn't work out, I'm coming here in the middle of the night and I'm burning all my spell slots and blowing up their like house. And it's just <laughs> really violent and really messy. Oh my God. Christio. Oh my God. So they try and get into the house and Oh yeah, they, they're they're youngest, the door. So there's seven kids and they all, you know, they're all scattered. Uh the youngest one has been put in charge of the door because Sonia hates visitors that aren't her children. And the youngest one is always in charge of the front door in case people come by. And she's supposed to make sure that people that Sonia doesn't want to come in don't come in. So they like the door like creaks open into this creepy manner and they're like hello and the two dragon boards get fireball just yeah, right they get nice. it with the fireballs right immediately and then the doors closed and christiel's like okay i'm about to bust this, this door down let's so, go so i got a zero because of my negative modifier and strength i just tried to kick it in um and, and then, uh, kicks yeah in. yeah i got knocked over it was really bad yeah
and then I pulled out my like, by a ten year old spell, and um, everyone stopped me because they thought I was going to murder this kid. I was like, I was just going to knock the door down. I wasn't going to hurt the kid. Like that's a big part of my backstory is I I killed a kid and like I don't want to like hurt anyone. See, so as that non benevolent DM, I'd have been like, that kid was hiding behind that door and you kicked it down. Well, no, it kicked, the kid it, is the reason. <laughs> the door. So yeah. she rolled. Christiel rolled a zero. I got a zero. Yeah, essentially what happened is just they go to kick the door in, but as you do, the door is yanked open very quickly. You fall, and then they slam the door shut again. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was very embarrassing. Yeah, really so embarrassing. I don't like, so my character's kind of not like this kid. Like everyone's trying to like play nice, but like, oh, it's really cool that you could use fireball. But it's also because my character was like a, a sorceress prodigy. I'm like, that's not so hard. <laughs> I'm like, that's a cantrip, whatever. Like I'm not like impressed by Oh, this. firebolt. Yeah, whatever. That makes more sense. At level three, getting fireballed would be bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, you yeah, all no. die? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I don't think they got any. I said I don't think they had any damage. I don't think they had any damage because they're both red dragonborn, so they have fire resistance. I think they took like one hit point. Yeah, they 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 got three, but Zarina gets half damage. Yeah, they don't they so. both get half damage from it because they're yeah. both red dragons. Yeah, just okay. Their response was, oh, well, that was very rude of you, small child, and I'm going to bill you for my dry cleaning. <laughs> yeah, so. Jasira's a rich girl. Yeah. Um, but she's, you know, she's fun to play against. Um, but it's funny in that campaign, since both our Dragonborn players, because you know, we play since we play on Discord, they're both in the UK. So I give, the, <laughs> I give Dragonborn characters British accents in it um, for that, like as my nod to that. And that to me is a level of fun that I have. Um, I did tell them I do that. They're like, okay, that's weird. Because <clears throat> they're definitely not playing them with like accents. But um, I also said since Elvish is my character's natural tongue, like maybe they have a very, very faint one. And I was like, probably sounds French. That sounds like what Elvish would be like to me. It'd be like equivalent to French language. So um, but yeah, man. Stupid kid. Stupid door. <laughs> Made me so oh. mad. She's fun. I was going to smash the window, but they stopped me. I was like, well, you know, so basically my characters like don't get in the way of the people I care about because I like, the, I don't have like, it's all, all they have is found family now. Um, and this is not a nice person we were trying to deal with. And they were shutting us out. Although I did kind of explain to them about love at the end of it when they agreed to us. And I think that shut them up because yeah. they're, they're bitter and old and mean. Bitter and old and mean, and their kid was in the room. And Jasira was like, "Please, as a mother, won't you do this thing for this poor, poor child?" She yeah. like looks at her kid. I'm like, "Oh man, great. that's why you didn't make them roll." Yeah, yeah, it would have been funny because that was a really good bit of role playing, and then they would have rolled like a five. Yeah, and then we would have absolutely would have critical failed. Yeah, because so. that's how the dice are. Yeah, there's there's the occasion where like somebody argues so well that you're just like, nah, man, you said the right thing. It's fine. Yeah. And as long as it's in character, not like your charisma is like a five. Yeah. You know, I I, I, when I DM, I always try to reward players when they do real role playing, either with like extra XP or not having to do roles to like for persuasion and stuff. Yeah. I've tried to make inspiration an actual thing because people forget it exists in D&D. Inspirations are great tool i love it yeah um and i love that like players can share it with each other too so you can make it so that way like you can make it count when it like needs to like say someone's in a position where like you're in the position where you have inspiration where it's not gonna be helpful but if you gave it to this other player 
they could literally do this amazing thing and save the day. And like it might, it, I don't know. I, I think it's really cool. It's a great uh, thing in fifth edition. I, I played a lot of editions of D and think fifth is my favorite by far. It has all the strengths and almost none of the weaknesses from past it, editions. It definitely is for me, but that's because I only played four. Oh, it, it has a lot of stuff from, it's a lot more like three than four was in my opinion. Um, which three was the one I played the most. I'm not a big fan of one and two or AD and D and two. But uh, is there any kind of character archetypes or like a character you guys would like to play at some point? Um, I know I have one. I think I've talked about a couple about them a couple with uh, a couple of you privately where uh, I'm inspired by Lex Luthor and like secretly being a lawful evil character but like i'm presenting as a hero to like society but really i'm just kind of amassing more like political power and like fame for myself and i'm kind of in it, more or less kind of in scripting even if they don't realize it the other players like in loyalty like saving the day and doing things with for with and for them that's like, a very difficult pitch yeah i kind of want to do that like they're a paladin or something but uh You're... yeah you're gonna you're you're either gonna a be one of the major villains instead. Uh, I'm okay b, with that ending, yeah. Yeah, or b because yeah. they're gonna be like, we're not going with you if you're evil. Get well, out of here. I'm not gonna be telling <laughs> people I'm evil. So in in our last episode, we talked about evil like evil characters not necessarily being like gotta yeah. murder everyone, but like yeah. more being like bad. Yeah, I think having more, ill intention or caring about yeah, themselves. he'd he'd be yeah. much he'd just basically be selfish, which can be done but if at every turn your character is like i wouldn't do it at every we should turn. take yeah. that we should we should not help them no, their no children they, they'll be fine no they're they're, they're <laughs> they need to pretend to be they, back. yeah, yeah. They, they, well they need that to fire be, won't hurt them they need to be a hero i came up with it because in our campaign tim uh when we're talking about how like how incompetent the mayor is and like we took care of the bandits and stuff yeah i was like it would be really funny if i just ran for mayor right now and tried to get him to pose being incompetent and like we're kind of installing like one of us i was like man that'd be such a great like kind of secret bad guy thing to do or like it was also inspired by your tpk kendall where that town uh completely got destroyed i was like man it'd be really cool that i could like buy it all up cheap and kind of rebuild it but then like kind of bring yourself as like the savior like i rebuilt the town like that's where i was like oh that might be really fun to kind of play with something like that i would love to do that at some point in some campaign yeah it's my my point was it 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 is a cool idea and i like the idea it's just very hard to pitch in the long term with like however many people you're playing with in the party i would have to be the right group um uh, but is there any like characters like you guys would like like to play at some point have you thought that much about them in the future i uh actually i have always wanted to do this and i have yet to find a game in which actually gets off the ground that i will be able to do this i i really just want to play a kid (laughs) i have at least three characters who are well two of them actually who are kids and i just want to put a kid into a party they would be very competent they would just be like a prodigy one of them um what was i gonna say um one of them, a character idea that I had for this was to, I, what are the words that I'm trying to say? I'm so sorry. Um, like three, two years ago, back when I was like just getting started, I met my boyfriend. He was like, yeah, I'm thinking of running Curse of Strahd. And I was like, huh, 
okay, that would be really cool. And I'd been thinking about characters that I wanted to play. And I ended up coming up with um, a druid dwarf who is like the equivalent of 12 years old in human years. Um, And that never got off the ground, but that did inspire a whole bunch of funny one-off scenarios in which she just goes up to Strahd and it's like, I live here now. And he's like, well, I, I don't want you to live here. She's like, right, but I'm a kid. You're not gonna kill a kid. So I'm just gonna live here now. And that was very funny. And that eventually became uh, an NPC in my current campaign, which I don't have a name for. Her name is Nolly. She, oh, that's that. Ca- okay. That's Nolly. I didn't realize she's <laughs> yeah. from that. So she, yeah. it, it's as far as I've met them, uh, they are the daughter of the blacksmith uh, and, or like, or the weapon shop owner rather. Yes. Um, who I thought was adorable, and I'm going to try to get a part-time job tutoring them in the game. She's really cute. She's small and tiny and adorable, and you walk into this big weapon shop, and she's like, hello, what can I get for you today? But she's also really into adventures and adventuring yep. the way my character is, so I kind of had to bond with them. You guys um, want that really big sword off the wall? I got to get my dad. I can't I can't pick that up. Yeah, it was, it was adorable, and I thought, I was, oh, I didn't realize they were from like some other thing. Um, yes but no that's cool originally from curse of strat i have always wanted to play a small child and i have not gotten to but one day it's weird at first but well i i I say small child but he's uh a friend of mine in the campaign i run uh plays a 16 year old rogue (laughs) who just grew up on a farm and just read and that's all he that's all he does he's the mastermind rogue okay so he just reads books all day and that's all he did forever. And that's how he learned thieves can't. And that's how he learned to steal and to detrap things. And, but he's 16. So like the first time he killed someone, he's like, Oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. Like, so it's interesting, but it, it was weird at first. Cause the first, the first instance instance of combat, it was a bunch of like grown men. And I was like, it feels weird having them beat on like a 16 year old kid, but I guess. <laughs> well, haven't you always, you've known 16 year olds that. You're, that <laughs> you're a bad person. You'll... <laughs> you're, Listen, you, dude, teenagers are scary. Yeah. You yeah. do play the villain. So, you know, I did, but it, yeah. it felt a little weird. Yeah. I can see that being uncomfortable in certain situations. Again, it's yeah. going to have to have the right group for it. Yeah. Do you have a character you would try to do sometime that you've never been able to? Or like never been able to get off the ground? Me? Yeah. I've had a, I mean, I. if you look at my D&D Beyond character sheet, I have 500 freaking characters made. But um, I've always wanted something to do with like shadow in particular like they have a shadow sorcerer in there and i love the idea of someone with that like constantly being in the dark using powers that are exclusively darkness related um but being a good person and seeing that like using that kind of like loneliness and that prejudgment for that person based on their powers Mm-hmm. And having that kind of make him very vulnerable and very closed off to everyone else. And like, I feel like I could do a lot with that character depending on the world. Um, but that's a big one for me. 
that I've worked on a few times and just never fit into the right campaign because a lot of people want to play like either like the I'm kind of bad necromancer thing, which doesn't really work, or the I'm a lawful good bashy guy. Yeah. So you have to kind of find the right crowd when you're playing for it. Yeah. So as long yeah, I think we mentioned in the other episode too, is like a lot of it comes down to your your players and if you guys have similar play goals. Like my character in B's game, uh, Chris, like probably wouldn't work super well in, in your guys' game just because they're I wouldn't be casting spells and stuff because that is a character thing like they wouldn't and if they and if I do it like I have a wild search table and it's like wild, wild. So like a lot of weird things will happen with that. Uh, again, it's inspired by the current season of Adventure Zone, where like I think part of it like he turned into a tree or something for a bit of it. So it's like he turned his old headmaster into a catfish. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a couple of things like that. That was their blowing up the kid. Um, uh, so uh, I so stuff like that I probably wouldn't fit super well. But like if it was a straight role playing one, because again, a lot of things like it's just the right character for that group. Um, whereas like, you know, that barbarian I'm playing is kind of not fitting super well. So I need to kind of adjust him to fit a little bit better. Uh, and, and part of that's just how I play him. Um, but, um, you know, so, so some of that like comes into play, but yeah, a, a character that's specific, like you might hold off till you get a group that kind of wants to play a character like that. Kendall, is there any characters uh, or character archetype or anything, a race you would like to give a shot at some point? Um, I bet. So every character I played has been like good aligned. Um, and not that I want to play like a crazy murder or anything. Um, but I, I do think a, a fun character would be like playing like a goblin or something like a typical, like, you know, like monster a, type, like low level. Yeah. Mob. Yeah. yeah, like one of the throwaway monsters um, who's just, like, sick of that life and, like, kind of wants to, like, be the leader of their own, like, like, group or whatever. And whether that leads to good or bad, I don't know, but I think it'd be fun. Yeah. That, I, I like a power-hungry goblin. I like the idea of, like, a goblin walking into a town full of people and being like, I want pants. That's my new goal. <laughs> That's, that shows that I'm established. I'm getting pants. Fun fact. Um, the other child character that I wanted to play uh, was a goblin named Biscuit. Biscuit the go. Goblin, who Biscuit. was raised by an old... They were a goblin necromancer. They are the equivalent of 12 years old in human years. And they were raised by a very old, old elven couple in the middle of the woods. Like, everybody was like, oh, those people, they were like really great mages. And then they retired. I wonder what they're doing. And there's a, there's a, they are trying to quote unquote civilize a goblin. It wasn't great, but you have a 12 year old necromancer named Biscuit. Well, I think we established we all need to play uh, a game with all of these characters we just we just discussed. I think they might work out. All being goblins. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd be down for a goblin campaign. I don't know. That sounds fun. Uh, uh, Eric, uh, my DM in my Tuesday night game, I think he talked about it in uh, our other tabletop episode, played like a hop goblin campaign. Well, they were just hop goblins that were like 
sick of being like dumped on by heroes. So they kind of like set out on their own and like established their own like like part of the world, like not living in caves and stuff anymore. I don't know. I think that I think that's a fun kind of thing. But again, you probably need everyone to be kind of supportive of that, or like really just also be goblins or something like that. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's not hard to like everybody gets so worried about the statistics and like like he only has a plus two to strength, so he can't be a sorcerer or something like that. Like, yeah, you can make it work. Yeah, you, I, you are not re- restricted specifically to your stats, so. Yeah, and that's something I had to learn along after a long time. Because, like, again, when I first started doing this, my characters were the stats first, and they were yeah. Like, I think they were all named Scott because I was like, I don't even give a shit about giving them a name. Oh. <laughs> yeah. um, it's me. Part. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm terrible with names and come up with names like Christine's name. Fancy. Chris Steele's name is because she's a sorcerer. I was like, oh, I'll take crystal and make it a different word. Um, I love but, making dramatic, stupid names. I know. I'm awful at it. So I just, I have a name generator whenever I DM, just in case. What? Valentina's I, family, uh, all of their names rhyme. And I did that on purpose. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, I've done name generator stuff, but like D&D names are so goofy. They're like, I'm never going to even remember my character's name. Yeah. 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 I usually go through like a million of those. And I'm like, whatever. I think that's where I got her last name, Meriwether, from was like an elf thing. I'm like, I can remember that. Thank God I, I DM with Harry in the campaign. Yeah. Uh, because he takes extensive notes. Beautiful. Oh, oh yeah. Well kept. I really and wish I, Harry was able to make this episode, but. I, I use I use the random name generator. And then two sessions later, I'm like, and I'm like texting Harry on the side, like, "Hey, man, can you please tell me what this dude's name was? Because I don't remember." <laughs> <it all." laughs> we had a character named like Narina, I think, who was part of a, sir- a, a group of sirens. And it, her name was Narina, and I think it just evolved over me just forgetting things into Narnia. <sighs> sometimes we, names. Yeah, I, sometimes your players do it too. I, I. Every session, I say a name, and then it turns into something else. Uh, Advir was Advil. Yeah. Um, there's so many, but I can't remember any of anyone else off the top of my head. But that one sticks out. Yeah. Well, Tim, Tim, you've read the Song of Fire and Ice stuff. So, like, one of the things because there's a million characters in that, but one of the things that really helps me with that series, and I try to bring this to D and D now, is like everyone has a nickname. Yeah. So those are generally a lot easier to remember. Um. So like, again, and we're kind of lucky in, in, in B's game. One of the characters' name is Jasira, so I just call her Jess. Um, one person's name is Arena, so I just we either call her just Z or just Rena. Um, but that name's not too hard. They're very proper. They call everyone by their full name, so they're always calling me Chris Steele. But like, I'm, when I introduce my characters, I like, call me Chris. Like, just because that's easier to re- to remember. Yeah, I and think it's, that's it's, it's less good, the though. type. Yeah, it's good though because it it in encourages people to kind of get into referring to the character and being friendly and like that kind of thing. So it, yeah, it helps like facilitate role-playing in that regard yeah. too, you know, which is not easy for a lot of people. So I don't know. It's terrible for us. Yeah. Would be, it, like, yeah, I, I've noticed the best people have like a theater or improv background. Um, and I know you have a, at least an improv background B. At least four years that I can yeah. remember. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I'm so I I'm very bad at planning, and I'm very glad that I have all that improv because I 
last year I ran a Halloween one shot and I was like, okay, you know, even if things go, you know, in the complete opposite direction, you know, it's going to be fine. And I had all these things planned on one half of the neighborhood and they stayed in the spot that they started at. And I was like, I, I need you to go to the left. I need you to go to the, okay. I'm going to improvise a boss fight over here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and and you walked five feet because I said you did, and you found this. <laughs> yeah. They were like, they were like, that seemed way too easy for a boss fight. My boyfriend was being so nice. He's like, no, I know you. I know you. That wasn't the end. I'm like, it is one o'clock in the morning. It is now November first, and I just improvised an hour and a half boss fight with an eldritch god. Let me go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, That's to say, like, I I done some dming in our in our discord group we have a channel for like non-canon stuff so basically like whoever's around if we just want to do something real quick we can kind of just like the very first thing i did we did is i went in there and there's my character was just like fight me and then we fought uh we all fought each other because we didn't we haven't gotten to do that in the main game let's fight anything um and then we kind of pulled back and our characters were just playing a video game and i was like that's fun and then that was really cute I did an adventure based on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but like I didn't plan anything. I was just like, "Well, here's the part where we get to Chocolate River, and there's a boat, and they're all like, we're not getting on the boat.'" I'm like, well. <laughs> "I know so, what happens here." Yeah, so you know what happens. <laughs> so I made one of the imps I had be the Oompa Loompas, just knock my character into the Chocolate River, and they had to go fight. Save. <laughs> so they went on it, and they're like steering it. I'm like, "All right, you got him." I was like, "All right, now uh, do some wisdom saving throws to see how much psychic damage you take." <laughs> all these horrific images enter your mind. But that one was a lot of fun. Uh, just translating that stuff into D and D experiences. Like, I had like this cavernous, like, so they were they were in like this abandoned factory that these like imps took over, and kind of like magically terraformed. So there's like parts of like jagged crystal like caves that like cause parts where you float. So it's like the part with the fizzy lifting drinks and things like that. that. But like, I didn't plan that. I just was making that up as we went. In fact, we almost TPK'd at the end where I had the bad guy like shrink you, like Mike TV. And then we all failed our roles. And we were all like six inches tall. And like, uh, we're surrounded by like tons and tons of monsters. And like, we should all be dead. That kind of BSed our way out of that because that's no fun, even in a, uh, a like non canon thing. Um, but, but like, you know, I, I again, I improvise and, like, try to go by uh, what the players want to do and react to things. Um, that's why I really want to play something like Monster of the Week, where th- if you DM, like, you only get to do things in response to what players do and roll. And I think that's a fun, because I like to do this as collaborative storytelling. But I think that's what It is a learning. Yeah. And I think that's where yeah, the characters get real interesting both. and kind of come alive, you know? Yeah. It works on the positive aspects of role playing in general for both parties. So it encourages the DM to be very quick and very flexible, and it and encourages also, the players to push that. It, and also, if the players come up with something better than what you came up with, which you they usually do, you can just kind of roll with it and be like, "Yeah, that was always the plan." In my experience, yeah. at least, maybe I'm a bad DM. Um, <laughs> no, no, it just sometimes you play with people and they're like, "I'm going to do this," and you're like, "What?" Yeah. That's not how what? <laughs> That's not how anything works. Oh that dragon that killed me. I did not want to, I was very vocal about like let's not confront this. Because that was an optional thing. I was like, we don't have to do this. Let's just leave. Yep. My, my character is very much not combat in that game. 
Um, that's a character choice. Like I'm, he's a thief. He's not a, a like an assassin kind of rogue. Um, but of course, I'm the one that gets like hit with a breath weapon and just explodes. Nope. Um, uh, the turtle. No, did you get hit too? No, the turtle worshipped the Earth Father and the Sea Mother, and he was corrupting the Earth. So yeah, I was one of the ones like, nah, that thing's gonna go. Yeah, and then our paladin's like, well, it's evil. Uh, I have to kill it. And I'm like, yep. well, you guys can go do this. But since I'm the <laughs> Since I'm the charismatic talking one, because that's my character's thing, is he's supposed to talk his way out of situations. We had this whole plan where we we're going to like distract this dragon, like with this fake offering. Well, it was a real offering. We found this dragon cult and just kind of took care of them and like took their robes and stuff and were, like pretending to be them. So we're going to try to convince it to leave for this better area because the whole thing was like not necessarily to, to kill it, but to drive it away. Um, but it, it saw through our shenanigans. Oh, it's Venom Fang since it's in Fendelver. Like, he's kind of famous. Um, somebody rolled poorly, or I did something stupid. You might have done something stupid. I think somebody <laughs> rolled. No, I think so, I normally do, but I think yeah. somebody rolled poorly on that one. Yeah. I might have rolled. I No, because with the breath weapon, I got entangled. Uh, and my character is not strong, so I couldn't get out. Yeah. And then I got hit with breath weapon. My HP is 28. Oh no, it's twenty-four because I took forty-eight damage. Yep. So I instantly took over double what my maximum HP is, which is supposed to be instant death, like an unrecoverable death. But like I said, your your wife was very nice and let me live. So not me, although, man. Yeah, although because you of that play a game with me, you're dead. <laughs> although, after, although after that we did level up. Um and because mm-hmm. I had this magical death, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take an actual level in bard and i'm gonna explain i haven't had a chance to, to cast any spells or anything yet like maybe because i had this weird magical death like i actually have some connection to magic now yeah. and that's something that shannon can maybe play in as like a mystery for me later yeah i think that's I, the hardest part of doing them though is like the the module is it doesn't allow for a lot of adaptation yeah but again it depends on your dm it depends on your group yeah. like yeah. I, you can kind of bs a lot of stuff yeah um i mean i do like having uh uh, pre-made modules as a jumping off point um and it's just for adventures in general just as a busy adult like i don't have to sit here and play in dungeons and things yeah i've been trying to play my own world for like a year now and it's and then whenever you do that the players never engage with the way you think they're going to (laughs) you know yeah Mm -hmm. my um halloween one shot actually I am a big fan of urban fantasy. So what I did was I was like, you know what? I want to run like a horror movie, like a 1980s horror movie one shot. I don't know how to make like, you know, a game. So I literally took D&D and I was like, okay, you pick your class, but that also dictates what 1980s uh, high school coming of age stereotype you are. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I mean, that sounds awesome. It was very fun. Um, my boyfriend played a paladin, but he played a specific, very new kind of... No, no, no. He was a warlock, which meant that he was an outcast character. But he also picked an eldritch god warlock. So it's like Halloween night. And I was like, wait, what god do you worship? And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, like this really obscure HP Lovecraft eldritch god. And I'm like, oh, I got to do some research. Oh, god. <laughs> yeah, Yogdabath or something. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it it was actually uh, all of, almost all of the um, 
encounters were inspired. I, I was on a major horror manga kick for like a month before I made it. And so almost all of the encounters are inspired by Junji Ito novels. Nice. So they're all terrifying. Uh, let's say like that's a good segue like what are because i think we've all done a little bit of dm you know behind, we've been behind the screen a little bit um what are some things that your cat like your the, the players characters have done that you did not expect uh off the top of my head i just had a character introduced into the story at level eight i think uh he just started he's in uh asmr so he's essentially like a divine resurrected human-ish thing. Um, and when he resurrected, he fell to earth. He fell right into the middle of battle. They finished the battle. Uh, he goes with them. He goes to change armor, and he has a giant seal burned onto his back. No one asked about it. No one told him about it. No one has addressed it since. <laughs> I handed them the most on a plate piece of story, and no one's bothered to even mention it. So. <laughs> I hate that so much. <laughs> I, hate when I, I hate when I develop a whole thing and they're like, well, we're just going to hang out at the bar. It's it's why it came to my mind immediately is yeah. because it is very fresh. Oh. <laughs> well, Kendall, I know in your game you have a very infamous total party kill. It's infamous amongst my groups because I think it was brilliant how you handled it and everyone loves it. So if you want to tell that story. Yeah. Um, I guess the characters were like level three and I was like getting them ready for just the the whole session. They were like planning to fight this one guy and here's like a big fucking berserk. Sorry. I did that out. A big flipping berserker guy <laughs> um, and uh yeah they like had this whole strategy they got the city guard involved so like and then that character's boss just like was flying away on on her broomstick she was like this hag it's like all right the boss is leaving like i'm setting it up so you can go fight this guy that you've been uh, talking about for an and then the <laughs> ranger's just like oh she's flying away i was like mm. i was like roll roll to see if you hit hits it's like okay you're you're fighting this like powerful hag um <laughs> She just like land, land, and I was surprised they rolled initiative. Like everyone went before her, and they came pretty close to like getting her. I was like real surprised, but she has this like magic staff that just like <laughs> one shotted everyone. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what do I do here? I was like, you all are gonna have to give me a second. And then I was just like, all right, 
I got it. I was like, here we go. I was like, yeah, you all black out. And when you come to this whole city you were standing in is nothing. It's burnt to a cinder. And that I just like, ended the, yeah, I just ended the session yeah. with like their like home base for the foreseeable future, just like nothing. There's like no resources for them. So punishing yeah, like, them a little bit. Yeah, now that now you got a vengeance story too. It's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Scott, are you on mute? I see yes, you I moving am. your mouth. Yes, I say now they're on. A, now they have they have proper motivation to to never yeah. to always go for whatever your story hook is. Yeah, you you want the the PCs to do anything at all? Take something from them. Oh yeah, steal from someone. They will. Oh my god, take their take 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 their socks. <laughs> Something so meaningless. Yeah, they will go to the ends of the earth, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. Now you only get to pull this. I think you only get to pull this once, like re, for real, per like like per like group. Because yeah. if they see you doing it all the time, they're gonna get wise. Um, but yeah, steal something. Take take five silver. They have ten, <laughs> they have like they have like fifty platinum. Take five. Take five copper. Steal their hats. Yeah, something something silly like that. Oh my god, they will do whatever you want them to do story wise. They will get on the boat. Nobody ever wants to do that because they know you're going to have something attack them. Because <laughs> you're like, I've got this player's book. I got this monster manual. It's got all these aquatic monsters. When am I ever going to use them? Like, when am I going to have an Aboleth show up? Oh, you have to go across the sea to do this thing. Like, nope, I'm not doing that. Uh, no, I mean, I make that commonplace from the get go. Yeah. From like level two or three, usually I'll be like, you now have a ship. It sucks, but you got one and you can go over here. And then, like, you know, you give them that false sense of security for a little bit, travel in the sea, no big deal. Let them go oh, back and forth once or twice. And then, you know, you know what's a fun DM? Not a prank to play on your characters, but if you want to make them more nervous than you need them to be, just roll dice and don't say anything. I, <laughs> I, oh, it's very fun. Yeah. Whenever somebody opens something, I'm like, there's a chest. I check it for traps. I rolled a 10. You don't think it's trapped? Yeah. I open it and I just roll 10d10. I'm like, find this. <laughs> Every time they get like a perception check that's like under 10, I'm like, yeah, everything seems fine. Yeah. Everything's great. Yeah. I, I like using that verbiage unless they roll high. You know, it's like, to you, it seems legit. <laughs> even, even when they roll high, usually I'll be like, it seems fine. You think it's fine. But they know because of the high roll, they can probably trust what you're saying. Uh, it there is talk in our group actually of rolling blind for perception and insight. Okay. I've, yeah, we roll blind in um our our, our Tuesday, my Tuesday campaign. We play on fantasy grounds. Yeah. And there's a, a dice tower that if you roll your dice in that, only the DM gets to see it. Like I don't even know what they are. That's cool. Yeah. So we've been doing a lot of that, like damage and stuff. We've been doing out in uh you know in the regular out in the out in public. Yeah. Also because it's yeah. also because it's fun to roll dice and see numbers. Yeah. Um. Well, the whole point, of, like I mentioned it in the beginning, like, you know, this might actually add to role playing, like you will actually react to things as opposed to meta gaming the crap out of how you play. Um, but I felt bad taking roles away from them. Yeah, of course. So we actually talked about I have a dice tower in the house. So I've talked about setting it up by me. So when you make a perception or insight check, 
you walk over, you tell me what color your dice is, you put it in, and I'm the only one that can see it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fun way to do it. Yeah, so they nah. still at least get to roll. Yeah, it's not me rolling it, but they yeah. don't know. You should make a really elaborate dice tower that like reaches like all across the the, the table. So the dice like, just all, doesn't even reach me. Yeah, it's all it almost gets stuck in the middle, and you have to hit it. Like, no, no, no. Just just give it a minute. It yeah. takes thirty minutes, but it's like it's like dice city instead of dice tower. Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't get the I do have a lot of trouble getting this group to do what I want them to <laughs> they just finished this like sessions long basically a side quest oh. it's like they leveled up I had people changing changing classes so they need to like return to the city to like get new gear to collect their reward do they go back to the city? No, of course not. That just makes too much sense, right? <laughs> They're like, oh, what's this? Yeah, we'll go to this town. We'll go to this town, you know? Just start walking. Going back would be the easy way. <laughs> it's just like, what? Okay, here we are. <laughs> so that's when you just start picking up whatever you're doing in the other town and just laying it over that town now. like. <sighs> It related to people they already met. Yeah, it's 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 too it's too area specific. Yeah. Uh, one thing I like to do as a DM to encourage my 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 players' characters is I like to give them like an overarching goal, like what they want to do with life. Like, I need to get revenge for the man that killed my father, or like I need to make money for this reason or that reason, or like I want to be a hero. Even some simple as simple and corny as that. That can give us some kind of motivation. I also like to make sure they have uh, a phobia um, that I can play with later. Um, but, but I try to come up with like some try to get characters. But it's good to even get them thinking, even if you don't use them. It's good to think of getting them thinking about character quirks beyond just their their stats and like you know the backgrounds and things that are in the book. Um, you know? What I what I'm doing for the world that I built is I already have a rough idea of how the overarching story is going to go. So I actually, this is how stupidly insane I am. I I wrote questions to gauge the characters they create, like literal questionnaires that I'm going to hand to them for their characters. So you basically need like, to interview for the job of playing in your campaign. No, no, no. <laughs> Dedication. Like, like, you know, like, uh, do you do you have a relationship with the other players in the campaign? If so, what is it? Platonic. Are they siblings? Are they in a physical relationship with you? How do you know them? Um, who are you related to in the group? Who are you not? And then like deeper stuff like, you know, um, do you have any scars? How did you get them? Do you have any link to older magics? Like that kind of thing. Like just feeding kind of like, like softball questions of trying to get them to flesh out more of the character. Were you in fantasy Girl Scouts? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Any anything to get people thinking about the character more in depth, even if it's just no. Yeah, like <laughs> and 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 going off the bat, like with that, like well, talking about if the characters like know each other, like in relationships or like you know their siblings or something. Because mm -hmm. I find like the most awkward part of any game is like the characters meeting each other or like do you already know one another? But then like as players and characters, you kind of need to feel each other out. So it's like it's never it's always awkward the first. <laughs> thing you do 
Yeah, the assessment zero is huge for that. Yeah, Yeah. and then like in the questionnaire, it's like, uh, who do you know in the party, and who do you not want to know? And obviously, that has to be something talked out by everyone. But it's good to know where people stand before you start. This way, you can kind of gauge your first session of like, this is how I'm introducing people, and it's not just you're in a pub and you heard there's work. Yeah, Yeah. I I think I did too. With the Halloween one shot, I. I will continue to talk about it as we talk about crazy uh, player things <laughs> yeah. because they just did the cre- I So there was going to be a party at one end of the block. And like the whole thing was, I was like, okay, you know, they're, they're going to go to the party and then they're going to, you know, figure out all this crazy stuff. And I was, I gave one of the characters this hook of like, okay, like you are on this side of the street because you're dropping off your little brothers to go to a Halloween party. And I did not plan on him getting really, really emotionally attached to these little brothers uh, because I was like, yeah, there's some minor spooky stuff going on at this house. And he was like, this doesn't seem right to me. And then my boyfriend, um, (coughs) sorry, my boyfriend did a dumb thing, which ended up being funny, but also threw off the whole game because... (laughs) There are four players, and two of the players know each other, and they're football players, aka a, a barbarian. It's a football player and a hockey player, so a barbarian and something else. Um, but they were driving down the street, and they were driving really recklessly, and my boyfriend was like, I'm gonna pop their car tire, because there are little kids around, and you know what? They're jerks. I know them from school. They're jerks. So he literally makes their car break down. So they're stuck on one end of the, and then, oh God. And then it was, it was crazy. They couldn't get to the other side. And then they got really invested in this 12 year olds Halloween party, which did end up having a, a ritual to sacrifice the adults of the town. But you know what? It was going to be fine. Was it though? It was going to be fine. Well, was that not going to happen? And then you're like, well, I need something to happen. Okay, I, they were going to be performing black magic, but it wasn't going to be a ritual to an eldritch god. Yeah, hey man, sometimes no. you got it. Sometimes you got to yes and. It's like, well, we're stuck here now. <laughs> Only twelve. They got to start young. Yeah. Oh my god, Kendall, were you in that one game in high school where like I got thrust into a world that already existed as DM, and they were like, it was an evil campaign, and all they wanted to do was just kill people. And I kind of, oh yeah, it was you because you wanted to be Robin from Batman. (laughs) And I just kind of made up a bunch of nonsense happening. Like there was the church of Galvatron and then they left it and it turned into a transformer and flew away. (laughs) I was like, I I have no interest in doing this. Like they just want to run around killing everyone. I'm like, this is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was my... First, that was my real first D and D experience. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> How did you keep going? <laughs> it took years. After I, the fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah, ten years later, <laughs> got the taste out of your mouth finally and started again. Yeah, it's just like, what is? This? So, <laughs> we were like, we were like seventeen. So. Uh, oh, Robin no. for Batman. <laughs> oh no! Oh, okay. Oh. The first time I played, I was playing in person with a bunch of my friends, and it was my friend and two other people and my friend's boyfriend, who was the DM, and 
I remember like laboring over my character and her backstory and her fancy name. It was great. And she, she specifically had a very traumatizing past and with fire and stuff. And she was terrified of fire. And oh, my, can, can somebody explain to me how we find a nightmare horse in our first game? And then they're like, we are going to tame this nightmare horse. Okay. No, like we are going to ride this nightmare horse. I'm like, the horse is on fire. I have a phobia of fire. They're like, no, you're going to be fine. And I was like, okay. Oh man, this isn't going well nope. at all. I stabbed the horse. But I did have never ending <laughs> electric daggers. So that was cool. Oh my God. So in my, ba- my, my barbarian character, this is the worst thing I've ever done as a player and as a character. Um, so we're one of the one of the players is an eight year old, and like he found a bunch of like he killed this this rabbit and then he found their babies and like there's no way like they're gonna be dead. There's like no way we can take care of them because they're like little like baby baby babies like they're still like suckling and they don't have their eyes open. Couldn't you like bring them to somebody? Um, our our DM is very much into the world and it's like well no no one would take care of them they would just be food. But it was going Damn, on and, right. from, and like so uh anyway my character just ate him uh and it was you very play with this child i said old kid like dad i want a bunny too I, bad it's like <laughs> i said it's the worst thing i've ever done in <laughs> <laughs> both at the table like both at, like in fiction and out of fiction so uh I, I do feel pretty bad about that <laughs> So the kids, the kids' characters hated me ever since. Uh, which, to be fair, my character wouldn't care because uh, he's very much just like whatever, leave me alone. Uh, okay. That's why. That's why I need to kind of change his personality. I need to be make him a little bit more engaging with the group. Yeah, I don't tend to play evil ever. Well, he's not evil. He's true neutral. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty evil. Um, <laughs> but. I mean, they were going to be dead. There was no. We were out in the middle of nowhere. There were no way we were going to get them anywhere. They're, they're going to. Those are the birds, you know. Like, uh, anyway, I don't want to dwell on it too much. <laughs> Has anyone played an evil character here? Not really. Oh, the other real barbarian. I have played one. The only other, the other real barbarian thing I did was I've been doing in that games and campaign since it's Ghost of Saltmarsh. We're investigating a haunted mansion. And all the players really want to investigate everything. And every single time we do, there is some sort of encounter that happens. And I always die in it uh, because my character just would be like a bugs would crawl on me and like, you can't get them off. So I'm like, just shoot me with fireballs. Just cause I just to kill them and get them done with. But at a certain point I got really sick of it. Like my character. So it's just like, all right, going up to the next room, just kicking down the door, going up to the next room, kicking down the door. I'm like, we saw it. There's nothing in here. There's nothing in here. There's nothing in here. I just got the character just got really sick of exploring the house. And so, but like, since I do improvised weapons and stuff, um, to do less than lethal damage to get all these bugs and stuff off of people, I would take the door and just kind of like hit them with it. Otherwise, I have my Warhammer and like, I'm not going to hit them with that to not kill them. So I would do like a lot of unarmed strikes and stuff and like rest, like uh, grapples and things. One um, of my favorite characters was a unarmed just brawler mm-hmm. um that had a custom class that the dm allowed um and he would grapple people push them on the ground and then just punch them forever yeah that's essentially what my character does except he's like yeah. two feet tall 
No, mine was a Goliath. So yeah, mine's a gnome. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> but he uh, he was very very dumb, naturally, because that's what you do. Um, and he uh he would just grapple people, push them to the ground, and whenever he would talk to someone of authority, he would challenge them to a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So okay. I got a sheriff's badge, I got a knight's sword, and then something else, because I would just challenge people, and then like be like, I'll challenge, and I'll give you this, and you give me that. Yeah. So. I mean, that's cool. But he was chaotic neutral. Anything so. to just not do anything. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he just did whatever he wanted at the time <laughs> on a whim. Ah, uh, yes, winning D and D. Yep. Yeah, it's fun. Sometimes you ever surprise yourself when you're in character, like with what you like say and do. Yeah, it's it's a weird feeling, right? Like where it's like, oh yeah, I'm so deep. Like where do I begin and they end? Like. <laughs> <laughs> As we like to say, D and D is sometimes just group therapy. Yeah. So I've noticed in, in a lot of my, in some of the characters I played, like they're like incredibly brokenly sad, like at their core. I'm like, man, this is saying something about me. Some of the characters you play, you yeah. put some of yourself in it. Well, so. it's like, it's like a, I've, I've, I've mentioned, I've, I've specifically made Chris Steel to be the opposite of Pip, my barbarian. Like I also, in playing them, I tried to make them very different from me. Not so much in like moral alignment and stuff, but like, you know, instead of being asexual, they're pansexual, stuff like that. My original plan was they were going to be a woman and like, cause that's not what I am. But then, you know, I, I decided to do trans, which I'm also not. But um, part of my, my character's growth in that is now that I have this, this partner that's accepting of me, I've talked about this with B a little bit. I'm going to start introducing more. My goal is to become, use gender neutral pronouns for them. Um, and they start seeing themselves more like, both embracing their, their masculine and feminine masculinity and femininity but i want to start incorporating like in their outfits like uh both at least one piece of feminine and masculine clothing for each thing um since my character is a mage like i don't really do armor so i can kind of just wear clothes and it doesn't make much difference um we have encountered like enchanted items and things yet that might change but um so eventually we're gonna get there but like right now you know i present very female very like skirts and and high heels and girly and stuff <clears throat> but you know i, I want to start get, doing some more things like even if it's just wearing like i wear more pants or something like that you know but i think i'm going to do jackets as my masculine thing i think that's going to be cool like like uh like a leather punkish type jacket i want to do that weed smoking jacket you joke you joke but i have a smoking jacket it's, it's the best yeah. thing i own yeah that's okay <laughs> oh yeah i'm not be, judging B and I, B and I chat about like aesthetics and stuff because you want to be a, you're what a costumer, right? I really like fashion. Yeah. Which so. uh, actually, Frosira uh, wanted to be a fashion designer before she became a warlock and before mm-hmm. she became a baker. See, yeah. we inject a little bit of ourselves in our character. But because of that we're we talking about things and like I really like you know, you know Kendall, you know we go punk rock, but like I really like that punk aesthetic. I was like, oh, I want to have an excuse to have like a like a messy mohawk or something at some point. Um, and I, I came up with a, a, a non-game post-apocalyptic world of ours uh, because our, our, that one elf character that I, whose wedding we ruined and like are rescuing now, they're very goth. So like, oh, goth. They, they could go for like more of a metal thing. Like, oh, there could be so much cool stuff we could do. Do each other's makeup. Yeah, but um, 
I and it's again, this isn't something I planned, but I think my characters become like a singer and like a song has become kind of a part of their backstory now. Just because we were on a road trip and uh, I was like, oh, I kind of like, let's, you know, to keep the mood going. You know, I sing a song and I sang Moving Right Along from the Muppets <laughs> movie. Um, but I sang it like as if it was an Elvish like folk song. Um, uh, but I rolled really well in my performance. So I'm like, oh, maybe we do that. And then we met this traveling group of bards, which turns out they were a siren and were trying to put us under their spells so they could eat our souls. Oh. So they were the ones. In- Talia's defense, yeah. the siren was very pretty. <laughs> yeah, and it turns out uh, that's when I think we found out Talia's going to be bi. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm capable of making a straight character. That's fine. Be honest. <laughs> yeah, your world is, I mean this in the nicest way possible, your world is very gay. It's yeah, almost like it's wall-to-wall so... like like lesbian and, and non-binary like relationships. There is one I feel, straight I feel man very, and he's awful. Yeah, I feel very safe playing in your world. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say there's plenty of worlds already built that are not, so yeah. it's good to have one at least that. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. like it, especially since I have a character that's a, trying to experience a relationship that I don't feel for in real life, uh, uh, which is why I felt comfortable doing that with that character, like wanting to experiment a little bit more. Um, but like I said, we didn't. I don't think we talked about it ahead of time, but putting our, our pronouns in our next to our character names, I mean, that inspired their whole gender thing, and that has been one of their major motivating factors in like doing things. Uh, which is yeah, why, I think you know, Fable I, did that originally, and then I'm like, oh, well, you know what? That's a smart play. Yeah, and that was before. I think that's how I found out you were non-binary. It's like, oh, I'm doing they them. And like, oh, I do those in real life. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, and then I think I told you I was like, I'm so sorry if this is going to be offensive. I was like, I have to do something <laughs> else if it's going to. I, I I didn't want to make anything weird, but you've been very yeah, supportive I, with I, all the wacky things I want to do. So. Yeah, I, th- I think you were you were um, quite worried because you kept using she pronouns for Christiel, even yeah. though saying they were like, oh, they use they them. And I was like, as somebody who has been non-binary for two years and constantly misgenders myself, it's yeah. fine. It's incredibly realistic. When it's a new thing, you mess up, even when it's yourself. Yeah, so... And it, and it just also happened to work out that I picked their name is Chris, which works as both male and female name that... I'm going to say I planned that because uh, that's too clever for me not to to be like, yes. I just did that because it happened. Um, <clears throat> but no, I'm I'm really excited. I can't wait to meet uh, the eventual babies I will be having. That I'm, a, that I'm a player I'm aware is happening, but my character is not. I think they're yeah. going to. I also gave them a lot of anxiety and stuff, so that's going to be fun to deal with. Yep. Even though they keep rolling really good intimidation checks. Oh my god, my character's like the scariest person and they're like so like timid and but I just yeah, keep rolling extremely well because I have really high charisma. She's like 6'1 and just like yeah. really, really good at bluffing. Yeah. So I have really high charisma. I did that on purpose because I was like, oh, my character's going to be like because, you know, I'm a sorcerer. Like that's part of like what they what they do. Um, I'm just really weak physically. Um, and then I keep trying to do all these physical things. I can't believe I won that stealth check. Oh, that strength check, rather. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were going to attack the sirens and they were like, okay, I'm going to tackle the the leader. I was like, okay, roll like a a strength roll. I I got a one. No, you got a two. Well, I rolled a a two and I have a negative one modifier. Yeah, but I got a a natural one. So, uh, and then you rolled a natural 20 on intimidation. intimidation. So, 
yeah, I put my gun to their head and it was just like, hey, everyone stand down and I'm going to, or I'm going to kill them. Yeah. Uh, we're every- really lucky that a lot of the people in there also really like the leader. Yeah. Well, I kind of figured that might be the case, uh, judging by how they were acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of hoping we can eventually get beyond that and be friends with them because I think a traveling band of uh, uh, bards would be a fun recurring thing. I uh, basically kind of Who doesn't want that. I kind of gave them the option like, hey, reform your ways or uh if i find out you don't we will just murder you (laughs) um so but then you know i made it so like my other players that were with us were like see i'm putting on this strong thing but i had my hands behind my back and they could see him shaking and then as soon as we left like my character kind of collapsed and they had to kind of help me get back to our our wagon because that was like a really beautiful caravan thing yeah that was a really nerve-wracking thing but like I made my character pass out when I had to cast the, the levitate spell to escape the wedding uh, because they got so overwhelmed with anxiety from casting spells because of the surge. Fortune was like the most benign thing. I made our, our paladin like slightly more scary looking. So we were able to just- She got like here. like five inches taller. Yeah. It's She's the same like, oh, thing well, I made my character- I mean, this is fine. Had hit, uh, before. I'm like, oh, that's fine. Um, yeah, again, there's an option for exploding, so- uh, it could have been really bad. Um, You're worried, but that's the only that's the only time I cast a spell. I I did talk to you and I was like, "Hey, can I at least do Mage Hand just so I have some utility in doing things?" Because I was feeling like I couldn't do much. Um, but that was because I made a character that wouldn't cast spells, a spellcaster. Yeah. And canonically, she's been working with um, a, a professor at uh, uh, what are the words spell. Magic? Yeah, I've been Magic working to try University. to get it under control. That's my character's whole thing, so I can eventually go back home. But um, who knows? Yeah, I don't know if I'd even want to at this point. But um, okay. I mean, yeah, I want to not be a danger to the people around. My character wouldn't want to be, uh, be a danger to the people around them. So uh, they're still going to have to work at that. Anyway, um, it's getting late. Um, so I think it's another two hour episode, just about. Um, yeah. Unless there's any other character stuff you guys want to get into that we didn't have a chance to yet. I'm doing thumbs up, but you can't see it. Yeah. Uh, I would like to do, like, actually building a character at some point, but that would be another whole nother podcast. So, um, Listen, if people, if people demand it, I'm looking for excuse to play more in D&D. Uh, we can do a side a side podcast or maybe we can even do it as like live streams where a couple of us get together we'll play we'll build our characters we'll play some games and uh see how it goes from there um if we do it it'd be fun to do it live i might be able to come up with some way to have uh some fan interactions and maybe you can affect some of the some of the events in the game that might be fun that'd be neat that'd but, be- no a D podcast that does something where you can the people in chat can help with roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me know about that. I'll check that out. I still have to watch critical or listen to Critical Role at some point, but uh, I prefer to watch. But you can do either. Yeah. Uh, there are a few things that I had to overcome character-wise, but other than that, like as they were going, it I feel like it just got better and better. And the first campaign was a pretty incredible, incredible story they built. So, 
Yeah, the Adventure Zone's like that. You should listen to that at some point. It's really good, especially considering it's it's a comedy, so it's really goofy. But like, man, by the end of Balance, you care about what happens to these goofy characters. Yeah, it's in the beginning, like none of them really play D and D, so they don't really know what they're doing. So their characters were just stock characters. Yeah. Um, but then they really became their own thing. I think that's a big part of why I like Critical Role so much is I never expected to care about characters that somebody exactly. else made like that. Yeah. So, I yeah. I remember where I was when very dramatic things in the Adventure Zone happened. I until like a month ago, I was a hundred percent going to get uh, the Adventure Zone tattoo. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, the other campaigns they've done are, are okay. I'm not a big fan of the current one. Just because they, I, Travis is DMing, and I don't think he's a great DM. He likes to take away a lot of player player agency. And as an asexual person, one of their their characters is Ace, and they keep kind of like jamming this relationship down his throat. And I'm like, eh, yeah, I kind of don't like that. Also, as a DM, like or a player, I'm like, let, give the players like their, their agency. Like he's very much telling his story. Like if they're not being as collaborative as they usually do, but it's not like bad. It's still fun to to listen to, but. I don't like it nearly as much as their other two big campaigns. Um, some of their live shows. They're both are, DM'd by Griffin, yeah. I believe. Yeah, and uh, some of their live shows are amazing. There's a whole reason we did Dadlands. It's the the one that they came up with. After oh listening God, to that Dadlands. live show, we had to do that. Oh yeah, Kendall was one of our players in that. If you oh my God! <laughs> yeah, Dadlands, so cool. I yeah. own three fanny packs. They wear unironically. Because yeah, you're supposed to play that with fanny packs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and Kendall's character in that, uh, by all rights, should have died uh, multiple times, but I kind of it. yeah, he kept getting really bad pulls. Oh, um, it might inspire uh, Dadlands too if we get around to that. I do have an idea for uh, a story in that. I might get some different players though, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, I think I'm gonna call that call this an episode. Um, I love talking D and D. It's nice to not just annoy Becca about it at work all the time about all the things I'm doing <laughs> in games she doesn't care about. Um, um, but uh, thank you guys again for for joining me. Um, I enjoyed you know talking to y'all all, all the time anyway. Pleasure. I love D and D, so yeah. and it's good to see you guys. So yeah, of course, it's the whole reason we do this is to talk about things we want to talk about with people we want to talk about them with. Um, and hopefully, you know, everyone at home enjoyed this uh, as well. A uh, little bit of a tease for next episode. We're going to be talking the state of Star Wars. Uh, Mandalorian will have a season two. We'll have a first couple episodes out. We'll be talking a little bit about some of the more recent Disney projects uh, with their movies and uh, their cartoons and stuff. The comics. Uh, basically what we think, how we think the state of Star Wars is. Um, everyone I know has been begging me to do a Star Wars episode, so... It may not, it may be a big crew. I might have to do, figure out some way to fairly have people come on. I don't know. Maybe draw a hat out of a hat, but well, well you could do one and then after the fact, say it's like the fourth part of a multi-part yeah, saga. Yeah, four, five, and six. <laughs> yeah. Say so we'll start with the middle. Uh, <laughs> As all I can't, series should be. I can't wait to listen to that. And it's just two people's like two groups of people, one that love it, one that hate it, just screaming at each other. Oh, Tim, you know the people that are probably gonna show up on <laughs> it. Oh, so. Yeah. I, I will say I like Mandalorian season one. Uh, I'm super nervous about two, but that's coming out soon. So I have a baby Yoda stuffed animal. 
Thanks. Tim, Tim's uh, stepdaughter, I just hired her today. It was her first day. She wears a baby Yoda uh, mask. A little teacup. Yeah, with little teacups or the, oh. or the soup cup. She got a lot of nice compliments about that today. <laughs> um, so, yes, um, obviously Star Wars is a big part of any nerd's DNA. And I've, I've done uh, two Star Trek episodes with a third on its way before we did one Star Wars one. So it's time to rectify that a little bit. Um, but yeah, so hopefully we'll be recording that uh, in a way. That I got to figure out a way to get do it fairly because, like I said, everyone I know wants to do Star Wars. Um, but yeah, so I'll do it for us this week. Um, thank you again for listening to us, and thank you again for everyone, uh, all my guests coming out, uh, Tim Kendall and B. Um, thank you so much for your time, uh, and I love swapping stories about Dungeons and Dragons, especially since Tim and Kendall we don't get to play together much, um, at least not much anymore. In your case, Tim, I would love to to get Art Simon, my my fake bard, uh, and Tim T the Turtle together again. Um, we should do a one-shot or something, too. Get, us yeah. all, get, get the band together. Yeah, just to, just to get the juices flowing again. Yeah. I've got this character sheet. I should just, you know, it's just sitting there. Yeah. Um, I have all this dice. So much <laughs> dice. Oh, please, let me yeah. use them. Exactly. You got the dice, you got to use them. Um, but yeah, until next time, uh, everyone, be safe.